DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. So here comes the championship game. Alabama and Ohio State. You knew this was coming when the season kicked off, which granted the kickoffs this season were all over the place. But once all these teams kicked off, you knew there was a good chance it could end up like this. Have there been any surprises along the way? Um, I mean, just the, the entire season was surprising in a lot of ways. I mean, that's a general answer. I think one of the teams, uh, Coastal, Carolina in their season, and Jamie Chadwell, who was Sporting News Coach of the Year, I think they were an, an interesting surprise. I think how Notre Dame handled playing in the ACC was an interesting surprise. And um, the fact that we even get to the title game, but the way that we got there and the two teams we have and all the offense both of these teams have, I think it makes for a fitting finish. So as I look at this game, I'm expecting Alabama to score. They've scored on everyone. They had two Heisman finalists. We all know about the prolific nature of their offense. But I'm wondering about Ohio State's offense against Alabama's defense. When I look at Alabama's defense, I'm I'm wondering if it's a little overlooked to a point. You know, they were the they allowed the least amount of points in the SEC, but yet we think about them as an offensive juggernaut, which I guess they are. How do you analyze the matchup between Ohio State's offense and Alabama's defense? I mean, you know, it's going to come down to Justin Fields and how does he make the big play in the passing game? How, you know, how hurt is he? It sounds like he's fine, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, I think that's part of it. You know, Trey Sermon's been this late-season revelation for them, and it's been awesome to see, but they're going to need to run the football. And both teams have the same formula. You know, when you got all these good, big play receivers all over the place and then um, a running game behind it, you got to wonder who, who gets that running game going first. And You know, Trey Sermon really set the tone against uh, Notre Dame, or I mean Clemson, sorry. And uh, you can do that again on high state ball teams. So we know the politically correct answer that has to be said, but how does a coach who's taking a job at another school still keep his focus on his last job when that next job you're recruiting and you're hiring coaches, and how is there time in the day to do both? How does that yeah, really I mean, work? That's only a story if they lose. I mean, Tom Herman did this at Ohio State mm-hmm. 14. There's been other coordinators do it. I mean, Kiffin, Kiffin called a decent game before he was let go. Uh, going into the championship game. But, yeah, like uh, it's my belief that these guys, yeah, they're probably not sleeping much, and, yeah, he's going to be in bed tomorrow, I would imagine. But Steve Sarkeesian's done a fantastic job. I look for him to call a pretty good game. He called a great game last time he was in the championship game. He really did. And uh, just like Clemson and Deshaun Watson made an extra play, and that was the difference. Otherwise, Steve Sarkeesian would have been the, one of the biggest stories from that title game. With Ohio State's defense, is it just a matter of pick your poison and whatever you're going to try to take away? You, maybe you'll have luck there, but Alabama's offense will just go the other direction and still let you up? Well, I think it's just getting stops on third down. When these guys played in the, or the Super Bowl in 2015, Alabama was 2-13 on third down, and, and that was a 42-35 game. And I think they need to follow that same formula where they get opportune stops at the right times and just kind of go from there. 
Um, there's going to be points in this game. There's going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of big plays in the passing game. There's going to be a lot of high emotion given how much NFL talent for both teams is on the field. But uh, I think, it, it, honestly, the two kind of talking points, kind of cliche, but not really. Um, one, red zone offense. You got to score touchdowns in the red zone. Can't sell fields in this game. And then two, one or two turnovers can really just switch the entire momentum, if, if that makes sense. And I don't think you can turn it over more than once <laughs> and expect to win this football game. What happened with Ohio State after um, maybe there was some doubt watching them play? Certainly the Indiana game put some doubt in people's minds about them. And then they were so good against Clemson. Is it just the small sample size and we overanalyze everything they do? Was the Indiana game just kind of a, a one-off, an unusual game? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, part of it is they did have a small sample size. You know, they went five weeks and played two games at one point. So, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they respond tonight. This is really only the second game where they've had equal talent on the field. And, yeah, Ohio State's got a ton of four- and five-star talent, so I don't know why we were ever kind of undervaluing them. And then when you saw it last night with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, too, and I've lived in Ohio my whole life, so I know this, when you play a disrespect card against Ohioans, they will use that to the fullest extent. And I know other places do, too. I get that, but – you saw that full go last night with the Browns when, when they feel disrespected. And, and I know it's the Browns, but when you disrespect, I guess when you disrespect a good team, that's going to happen. So the receiver for Alabama, Waddle, he returned to practice. Do you know if he's going to be able to play? Well, I mean, we'll find out when they start. But, I mean, all indications, I would guess he does. I mean, I, the point I would make there is, you wouldn't talk about the guy that much if he wasn't going to play, if that makes sense. So I think we'll see him on the field. We'll see uh, how he does and and how he looks. But, uh, you know, it adds another element to an already borderline unstoppable offense. I mean, Devontae Smith won the Heisman, and you could make a case that when Waddle was on the field, Devontae was the second-best receiver on the team. That's how much talent they've got in position. So. Yeah, I'm hoping he does, too, because it'll add another element to an already awesome game. And, you know, he'd probably add some more if he's able to do it. He would definitely add more value in the return game. Bill Bender joining us, National College football writer for the Sporting News. You referenced one of the other interesting stories in a bizarre year, you know, how Notre Dame handled the ACC. Is there any chance that getting a taste of that changed anybody's mind at Notre Dame about this in the long run? Or are they just... They're an independent, and that's the way it is, and great. They were in a commerce title game, but but this was just a one-time deal. I think it's a one-time deal for now, but they have to consider. I like how you put that, because maybe down the road they should consider it. I mean, there are so many benefits playing in a conference. It was great for the ACC. I thought it was good for Notre Dame, and I always look at their basketball programs and um, the benefits it's had for both of those. I think the girls' team has won a national championship. The men's team, is a uh, boys' team, has uh, made a couple Sweet Six teams, Elite Eights. So I think they've won an ACC tournament. So I think it just increases visibility. And I know they have long-standing rivalries with Navy and USC, and they used to play Big Ten schools. But um, 
I, I, I think they have to consider the benefits because it was, you get to play in a pretty cool league, and they did a nice job. So you being in Ohio, obviously it's a hotbed for college football with the Buckeyes and all that. But stepping away from that, do you think there's any level of boredom or apathy with the same few teams just about every year competing for the college football playoff? Oh, absolutely there is. Um, I think it's a conference-by-conference thing when you consider that High State's won four straight Big Ten championships. Oklahoma's won six in a row in the ACC, or Big 12. Clemson's six in a row in the ACC. The entire sport, you could say, in some ways revolves around Alabama. Yeah. The Pac-12 has been a little bit different, but at Oregon, I think they've won back-to-back now. And they look like they're set up for a nice run. So, yeah, I, I think there is. There's an appetite for an 18 playoff. I don't think that appetite's with the school presidents and the power brokers, but it's definitely out there on Twitter. And uh, I don't know if that would fix the problem because I still think, as I've kind of coined this a little bit, you're you could be a top five team, but you're playing in a three team sport. And right now, those three teams are Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, and, and they've really dominated this sport, even to the effect of, like like I mentioned, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Georgia, LSU, they're kind of in that second class. So really, whoever got number four this year was going to get blown out in the semifinal. We know Alabama handled uh, A&M uh, 52-24, so that's pretty convincing, and they made the semifinal pretty convincing. Was there anyone, with Cincinnati, you're in Ohio, would Cincinnati have given an Alabama game, or would it have been, hey, it's a reward for an undefeated season, you're the first group of five team in a semifinal, and now you're going to lose by a lot to Alabama? I think best case would have been they would have been, I didn't think Notre Dame got blown out, honestly. I just think they got knocked out. They got knocked out early, and then they played from there. Um, and that's what I tell people. Like, Notre Dame is, by record, the fourth best team in the country the last three years. So for the people that call them fraud and this and that, there's just a huge gap between three and everyone else. I mean, Cincinnati may have played that same game or gotten blown out, and, and that's just where we're at. Um, again, it's just a, it just feels a little bit like a three-team sport. I think they're not going to see that, though, because the ratings from tonight's game will be huge because of the two fan bases that they got in the championship game. So what can the others do to close that gap? Uh, it starts with recruiting and piling up that four- and five-star talent. Um, the other thing those three schools do, and LSU does this and Georgia does as well. I mean, I wrote a story for us last week. I mean, Alabama and Ohio State could play – a game with all of their players in the NFL and they'd have full rosters. It's crazy to think of it that way, man. It'd probably yeah. be a pretty good game. Probably as good as some of these wild card games we've watched this weekend. Um, they pile up, they develop talent. Well, you know, in 18 playoffs, there's been that argument that, well, yeah, if there are more teams have the exposure of being in the playoffs, it'll balance the talent out a little bit. Well, that's easier said than done. I mean, Ryan Day, Dabo, uh, Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, they've done an outstanding job of piling up talent. So is Kirby at Georgia. It's just that they're in the same conference with maybe the longest-running dynasty the sport's ever seen. So Saban keeps losing assistant coaches because they keep getting great jobs because they win so much with him. Uh, he's getting older now. Is he going to keep going through these coaches and just replacing one good coach with another good coach and basically uh, win like Bobby Bowden, only more at a higher level? That's what he's been doing. I don't. There's no signs that he's going to slow down. So he does a good job coaching his coaches. 
And I know that's another cliche, and I'm sorry for it, but you can't. It can't be denied. I mean, when Butch Jones comes through there and then he gets a head coaching job. Lane Kiffin's a good football coach at Ole Miss. They're going to be a top 25 team next year. He used to be a punchline. Steve Sarkeesian, people wanted to talk about his past at USC and Washington. Well, I think he'll do okay. Uh, okay being I know how much of a high-pressure job Texas is and the expectations are always over the top. But as relative to what they have, I think he's going to do a pretty good job there. So, yeah, I think that's what Nick Saban's maybe – crowning achievement is that in some ways i mean he can pass bear bryant tonight but you look at all the guys he sent it to the nfl and you look at how he's kind of rehab the, the coach's image in, in a lot of ways for several of his coaches i think it's an awesome thing so who do you got um i picked alabama 38 35 i think it's going to be close it's going to resemble that sugar bowl they played a couple years ago but it's hard to pick against that Crimson Tide offense. And I think if Mac Jones has time to throw, um, there's only so much you can do. And I think they get revenge for a couple of years ago. And But it's close. It's going to be a fun game. Well, we appreciate a few minutes, Bill. Thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Bill Bender, you can read him in the Sporting News, National College football writer.